Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-on items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. This is the final inspirational moments episode for December and 2020. And this one promises to be a very interesting episode. We are in a Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. So my guest today is Casper Copyright, but we'll find <laughs> out from her where that name came from and her first name. Hi, Casper. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. Hello. And uh, yeah, hope you're all doing well. And, you know, hope you're all interested in like carrying out the end of this year with an awesome podcast and episode. Yes, I chose this young lady because she has a gift, a talent, and she has a story that will touch many lives um, in Jamaica, the Caribbean, and the world. Okay, so Casper, tell us, what is your right name? My right name is actually Cassandra. Um, Yeah, it's Cassandra with one S. I dropped that one of the S's on my own and it created such a huge problem. (laughs) Mm. Um, It created a lot of legality issues when I was a kid and I had no clue. I was just, you know, hey, I feel like dropping one of the S's, but I didn't know it caused that much problem for my my parents when it came to filing out like important documents. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, Gentle folks, Casper is visually impaired and hearing impaired. How does that work out? Let's find out. So Casper, tell us about your vision loss. Um, I was born visually impaired. Um, I, it's, a, it's a handful of long terminology to describe the conditions that I have in both of my eyes. Um, I was born without my right eye. Um, that's due to anophthalmus, uh, which is where you're born with either one or both of your eyes missing um, from birth. Um, like you don't even have optic nerves 
Um, the other eye is like severe visual impairment with lots of other things, things not developed properly and things like that, which uh, permanently limits the kind of eyesight that would permit um, normal vision. When I was first born, they started doing surgeries like almost immediately after to start the whole process for getting me uh, fitted for prosthetic eyes. But, you know, that finally happened, but it was such an arduous process. Um, lots of issues came up with getting fitted for prosthetics of like the changes in the eye sockets. It just felt like such an annoyingly long process and procedure. Um, I literally stopped wearing prosthetic eyes up until like maybe six years ago. I gave it up. Um, Normally when someone gets prosthetic eyes, they're supposed to feel good about it. It's supposed to make them feel more comfortable and confident with being around people. Uh, that wasn't my case. I was very uncomfortable, very self-conscious because nothing was fitting properly. And the more I wanted to get everything like perfect, the more surgeries I had to keep having. And I wasn't getting anywhere with the surgeries. And so I quit and I gave up. And so I fed into my own self-confidence by simply changing how I feel and how I look, you know, get some new hair color, do some things to your clothes and like make your skin look all nice and clean and stuff, you know, enhance your own attitude instead of your appearance instead, like more like internal reconstruction, more than external reconstruction. So the doctors lost money because I gave up on surgeries, but I realized I was spending more time filling up somebody's pocket linings and not my own comfort and happiness. So I said, forget your pockets. My happiness is more deserving and worthy. Sorry. <laughs> I choose me first. I know persons wear prosthetic legs and they're comfortable. You mentioned mm -hmm. that you were not comfortable with the prosthetic eyes yeah. tell us if you can remember what were the surgeries like uh what were the what were the prosthetics eyes like in that uncomfortable state oh gosh the prosthetic eyes were extremely embarrassing like i was known for constantly bumping into things because i'm just clumsy some days mm -hmm. um times where i think i made it through the doorway all the way and i didn't and i get <laughs> caught on <laughs> I mean, I laugh at it. It's stupid. Um, so one day, I like this was my last straw with the prosthesis. Right. One day, I was sitting in class. This was in college, like many years ago. Sitting right. down in my computer science course. And I had this really bad urge to sneeze. And mm. I sneezed so hard that my prosthesis came out and it <gasps> landed in the book. And oh the students God. next to me, they saw the eye come out and it landed right in the book. Um, like literally keep your eye on the book, right? Like yes. I'm ready to just die of embarrassment. That's not supposed to happen. You could, you're supposed to sneeze as hard as possible. And nothing and happens. Eyes, exactly. Your eye is supposed to stay in there. But because my eye socket was not, you know, it was not formed normally a lot of it had to be reconstructed. So it was literally a man-made 
eye socket because of the condition that I was born with that did not permit a normal anything to fit in properly. Um, so under the years, maybe more than 20 years of reconstructive surgery, I got tired of it. I was like, forget it. So now you could sneeze as much as you want. Nothing's flying out. And you can, you know, I could talk to people. I feel a lot more confident even without the prosthesis. Um, I have a surgically implanted uh, implant inside of my socket. So it keeps the facial structure up, you know. Um, but I don't care who sees anymore. I'm not uncomfortable because um, I just don't care. I mean, it's not like right. I can see out of it anymore anyway. Like I couldn't, never could. <laughs> now you have left the prosthesis rather. What's next? Yes. What was next? Walk us through that. Um, what was next after the prosthesis? Yes. Um, I just went and got some really nice sunglasses, custom-made sunglasses. Um, I changed my appearance up a little bit more. You know, um, you know, started to look like I care a lot <laughs> more. Um, get a little more conceited. I know that's like crazy, but you know, now I have like different colors in my hair now every now and then. Um, I could even dare to get in front of a camera and do videos without prosthetic <laughs> eyes. I don't care. Like, I really don't. Like, people just don't understand the pain and the process it took to get to this point of self-confidence. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. So, Casper, tell us about your childhood life uh, back at school uh, when you had to deal with the prosthesis and even without the prosthesis how do you manage in school the equipment you use and how did you reach to the stage um childhood life as blind as visually impaired and hard of hearing um i couldn't really do a lot unsupervised you know like go outside by myself well visually impaired uh, first let's talk about visually impaired oh, first oh yeah visual impairment um i was not allowed to go outside by myself I couldn't do things alone unsupervised when it came to being out and out in public because um, when I was a lot younger growing up I used to be on a tv show in Florida and when my mom used to walk around with me outside um, people would be like hey I've seen her on the show let me just you know like pull out a block of cash and give her some money you know, like, hey, we're going to give you some money because your child is visually impaired and she's on TV. Um, and that became a bit too much. And so we escaped and went to Boston. Um, that didn't really change much because now it was more like people staring at you because you don't look the same. Um, so I was more like hidden away from the public eye for a very long time. All the way up until I was about 15. I started like literally demanding that I have some experiences with being out in public a little bit more. Okay, so did you receive uh, any mobility training uh, younger? Nope, I got no mobility training when I was younger. Um, my my mobility skills were literally nothing. I only had a fixed travel route which was go to school and come back home. I, uh, I lived in walking distance from school, middle school and high school. 
I got a bus that went to um, elementary school, um, to and from school. Um, and that was it. I didn't explore beyond my limited circle of, you know, circle of travel routes. Mm-hmm. Anything okay. that was added to my destination threw me off and I got confused. And it just felt like a whole new ball game. So I had to, it all had to remain the same exact pattern. Okay. So we're going to move on to the hearing loss, the hearing impairment. And mm-hmm. I have listened to stories of persons being in wheelchairs and are blind at the same time. And I'm like, how do they do it? And I said, Lord, I hope I get someone who is blind or visually impaired and hearing impaired. And, you know, so said, so done. I have you on the show today. And just a reminder, folks, that I'm speaking with Casper. And this program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment, LTD, and Accessible Technology Solutions. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows, for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed 11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com Accessible Technology Solutions Your problems, our solutions. So, Casper, I want to touch on your hearing impairment now. Tell us about that. How did that develop? Um, My hearing loss was also with me from birth. Um, I don't don't hear anything in my right ear. I've never been able to. I also had to go through, like, battery of plastic surgery on my ears as well. Um, my left ear is, you know, severely impaired, like hard of hearing. Um, I use a high-powered hearing aid, uh, Bluetooth hearing aid that connects to my phone and or iPad if I choose to. Um, and uh, no, my hearing loss, it's always been, I've never learned sign language when I was a kid. Everybody just thought that if they spoke loud enough to me that it was going to be enough and, you know, that was pretty much as far as they would want to go to accommodate me. Uh, for school, uh, I always sat up front so that I could be able to hear and see as much as I could. And that was as far as it went. There were no other kinds of accommodations. Just throw you in the front of the class and speak loudly and keep your face clear. Mm-hmm. And that was as much as you got for accommodations and nothing else. You mentioned earlier that you did numerous amounts of surgeries on mm-hmm. your ears. 
Now, yes. tell us about those surgeries, Colonel. That must be super painful. Tell us about that. Oh my gosh, yes. I had six surgeries on my, my right ear. Um, it was due to a medical condition that I was born with called microtia atresia. Microtia is where your ear is not finished developing properly. And basically the cartilage is not developed either not enough or not at all. Mm -hmm. um, in the stage where if you're born with no ear at all, it's called anosia. Um, A-N-O-X-I-A to be exact. Anosia. Yep, Anosha. Stage Anosha. three. Yeah. Okay. Stage stage three microtia, atresia. Uh, microtia is a small ear and the atresia is the deformity. Um, it could even affect the inside part of the ear, uh, mm -hmm. the development of the inside, and that was pretty much my scenario. The inside, like the internal parts of the ear, as well as the eardrum never finished developing. So that did not permit me any kind of hearing whatsoever. Stone deaf. Um, had to do a lot of surgery. And my last procedures consisted of rib graft, um, taking out some ribs to create the shape of the ear and some skin grafts from my leg to add mm -hmm. extra skin to put over the ear that was uh, created by a surgeon yes um i had some complications with that which meant the contouring was never finished um i got tired of that as well because i realized i wasn't getting anywhere with that either mm -hmm. so i was like you know screw it just get it to the point where you're satisfied enough where you can put sunglasses on it's not going to fall over to the side <laughs> and you'll be fine that's all I wanted was to be able to put my sunglasses on and be fine. I'm like, I don't care. I can't see that side of my ear. I can't hear out of it. Why do I care what it even looks like? Oh, well. Casper or Cassandra, um, yes. you do you have a cochlear implant? Um, I don't have a cochlear implant yet. In fact, I'm going for an evaluation for that next week. I have heard where persons have... Uh, I've done co co cochlear implant. Will you mind us about that? Sure. Um, I've been prolonging the process for getting a cochlear implant for so many years. And I'm like, finally, I'm going to go ahead and get it. Because um, over the time, my hearing has been changing and it's getting kind of weird where even the hearing aid sometimes is almost useless. And so... I was, you know, discovered that I'm a cochlear, I'm a cochlear implant candidate. I found out in September. Again, they said it again, mm -hmm. um, but it took numerous hearing tests to determine that. Right. Um, so we will find out next week if you know when the procedure will be done amid the pandemic. <laughs> okay, I want to know about your college life and learning of sign language as a blind person, a visually impaired person rather. How did yeah. you prolong that exercise? Oh man, um, sign language as a person with a visual impairment was very hard at the beginning. Yes. Um, so basically what I did was I got in contact with the deafblind division through the Commission for the Blind mm -hmm. in Massachusetts. 
-hmm. And I expressed how it would be very important for me to know sign language as someone who's also hard of hearing. Right. Along with being visually impaired, I think those two go hand in hand. It's necessary. Oh, yes. Um, But they wanted me to verify why I was worthy of it. And so I brought over my audiology exam and I showed them how the hearing tests were getting worse and worse. And why not catch it early while I still can hear? Yes, before anything else happens. Exactly. Who knows? If I waited long enough and we had a pandemic, I would have never been able to go through my classes. So I'm glad I was proactive in it. And I picked it up nearly six years ago. And now I can say I'm somewhat proficient signer where I can communicate with another deaf or hard of hearing person with sign language with minor modifications like certain lighting or color contrast. Yes. Or if they are standing in front of me and they're signing directly in front of me, I can see them with uh, my limited visual fields. Um, And that, you know, using a large screen, like a 32 inch TV screen or larger, right? I can see somebody signing pretty well. Um, probably have to play it over at least a few times to catch it all. Uh, but you will get it, right? Yes, yes, the receptive skills are not as refined as someone who's been a long time life signer, and I'll I'll accept that because right. that's not my first language. So tell us about the equipment you use to navigate your daily living and people this lady loves to read tell us about that oh my gosh I love to read so I realized over time you know as my hearing is getting weird um changing I kind of paused with the audiobooks and I started really really um focusing on using braille mm-hmm. um braille literacy is extremely important for me I believe it is um, and so I say that if you are someone living with a severe visual impairment, you should at least know some Braille if you're a lot, if you're capable, um, if, you know, you're able to read it, like physically interact with it, uh, it's a good skill to have, mm-hmm. um, in the event that things change, because there's always going to be a change sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. I enjoy reading, so I use, you know, the classic Braille books. Um, I use a Braille display, um, an Orbit Reader 20 that I can save my books on if I want to, like, you know, navigate with the books instead of carrying the the paper version. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, I'm taking my sweet time finishing a book by Robin Crawford, um, her friendship story between Whitney Houston and her. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about your college years and you are a teacher by profession and we are about to get to your amazing invention that you did with uh, hearing impaired students or blind students. We're about to get to that. But tell us about your your college years. How did you manage over the years of college and your career path now? Um, When I was in college, I studied visual arts, which is weird, right? Yes, um, yes. <laughs> visual arts as a visually impaired student and um, also English literature. Um, mm, 
that was a very tough it was kind of, it was hard because you have speak. to constantly you had to constantly keep reminding people that you're visually impaired um and you know like when the professors wanted you to draw something on a smaller sheet of paper um you couldn't see it because it was too small and to use a certain lining like a thin line you needed something thicker um that was like a really basic accommodation that they couldn't refuse so you had to argue even over that and that's how you started learning how to become an advocate for yourself is the constant reminding like dude i'm visually impaired i can't see it on that small piece of paper i need it on a big piece of paper and i need to be you know under a certain light you know a particular mm-hmm. kind of lighting you know natural light is not enough i need led light so right. i even went as far as carrying my own desk lamp to um art classes because they really didn't want to they felt like it was too much or like it was too much special treatment to change things around so i did it myself you are now a teacher by profession and yes. you did this amazing invention of teaching students how to maneuver their hearing equipment tell us about that what happened with that oh yes um my first student back in massachusetts was a woman who was deaf and blind like totally deaf and totally blind um and she wanted to learn how to use an iPad mm-hmm. but she had no real visual understanding or like the real concept of an iPad like of how to physically use it but mm-hmm. she really really wanted to get one so bad mm-hmm. um that was like the first thing she asked about every day she came to class was can can we learn how to use an iPad you know the ipad is a flat device there's nothing right. on it nothing but a few buttons and that's right. all you get out of it so right. i basically took out the braille writer and i took out some paper and i did a tactile um diagram of what an ipad looks like with just braille dots awesome um, and so no one else knew how to do that And so I was the only one that took that idea and I put it to you. So you really had to just get really creative and innovative. So I literally spent hours when I went home putting the um the the diagram of what an iPad looks like to someone who's totally blind and totally deaf. So after numerous weeks and hours of practicing with this student, mm-hmm. she finally got herself an iPad and was able to actually use it. with her braille display connected to follow through with everything on the braille display. So what about those hearing aids? How did you get those students to manage their own hear- hearing aids? Um for my students who have hearing aids, uh we basically made that our first lesson of the day when they came in for training is, you know, I would be like, "Hey, So show me how to pair your hearing aids, show me how to unpair them because by then they had already been shown. We've been working on it for months, days. Um which then saved them a lot of money from going back and forth to the hearing aid clinic just to do something simple as pair it. 
So we would practice over and over and over until they got tired of it, until they finally learned it. Some, I even trained how to pair and unpair their hearing aids just out of a braille display from their phone. Right. Wow. We are almost out of time. There's something I want to touch on, but I'm going to have to touch on it in the Christmas program because Casper will be back <laughs> with us in the Christmas program coming up. But Casper, would you like to say any final words to the people, whether with or without disabilities? Yes. So to those who are listening with and without disabilities, the only thing I can say is, um, well, one of the many things I could say is, you know, don't, don't care what anybody says about what you look like or how you sound, because in the end, you're the only one that's, you know, that's going to be looking at yourself in the mirror or hearing how you sound. Um, people with disabilities, if you are going through arduous plastic surgeries and it's not getting anywhere, find something else to worry about because you're only filling up the doctor's pockets and find your own happiness some other way. <laughs> I like how you yeah. put it. There you go, folks. Cassandra, Casper, copyright. Uh, mm -hmm. Beautiful lady. And I thank her for coming on the show. This is the final inspirational moments for December and for the year 2020. Thank you all so much for taking the time out to listen to the program. Let me just big up some people real quick. Mr. Wilbert. Um, always listen to the program. John Adoi, Champion, Sugar Prince, everyone, my family, my friends, my production team, everyone from Jamaica, the Caribbean, and the world. So tune in on Sunday for the final program for 2020, the Christmas special under the theme, Forget About COVID and Focus Pan Christmas. Forget about COVID and focus on Christmas season. And, we, and I'll be having lots of special guests. Party from the UK, Casper from the US, and Mr. Dennis Sumlin, CEO and founder of Core Confidence Radio. Now, this is an extra special show you don't want to miss. Until then, friends, remember, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. See you on the final day.